Well, how many are enjoying the Christmas season? Everybody enjoying it so far? Um, are you remembering that Jesus is the reason for the season? We talked about that last week. Jesus is the reason for the season. And this month, I began last week that I was going to challenge each of you to remember that, not to allow culture to dictate to you or, or to tell you happy holidays, but for you to tell culture, Merry Christmas. That's what it's all about, because Jesus is the reason for the season. And why did I, do I want to do that? It's because this month we can easily get sidetracked. We can get pulled away from all the different things we're invited to. How many are going to some sort of Christmas party or parties, right? A lot of you are. Uh, I've got one this Tuesday night we're going to. And then there's so many things you're invited to all month long. We've got a company party on Friday, and it just doesn't stop. And if you're not careful, you can easily get sidetracked and forget what the reason for the season is. How many know that that's, that's the exact truth right there? So let us shape culture, not allow culture to shape us this season. That's really what I'm trying to convey to you this month. So I have a question for you. Now that we've got that out of the way and we, we know that Jesus is the reason for the season, the question I want to start off with this afternoon is, what is perspective? What is perspective? I know you're all thinking of, of what it is, but basically perspective is the vantage point from which I view the world. Each of you have a perspective. One of the greatest examples I give you would be the four Gospels. The four Gospels are harmonious Gospels. That means they, they kind of link up with each other. They, they state similar stories. But it's kind of like witnessing an accident with four different eyewitnesses. Guess what? Those four eyewitnesses are going to have a different perspective depending on where they stood when that accident happened. That's what perspective is. Perspective is your life's um, struggles, challenges that have shaped you into who you are to have a perspective. For, for example, some of you may have grown up to think that cops are nice. Others of you in here may have grown up to think that cops are the enemy. That's perspective. Depends on what life has brought you, has taught you. Amen? Are you following me? It's, it's important because I'm, I'm heading somewhere with this. So depending on my life's experience, perspective changes. And I think perspective changes for all of us as we get older. We, we get what's called wisdom, right? We, we no longer think as an 18-year-old or as a 20-year-old, or as a 24-year-old. I don't think uh, anymore like a 29-year-old, you know, from a couple years ago. Um, so here's a fact about life. You never really understand a person until you consider things from their point of view. Have you ever sat down with somebody and not completely understood why they have the, the perspective they have? It's because you haven't walked in their shoes. You haven't walked in their shoes. You may be right or they may be right, but it's their perspective. It's what life has, has shown them. Now today, I want to look at someone in the, in the scriptures that is not mentioned but just a few times in the scriptures. And I want to look at his perspective in his situation. Now we know who this person is, but we don't know much about him. In fact, he's never quoted once in the Bible as saying any words. 
He's a, in fact, he's a perfect husband, but he doesn't, he doesn't talk. And every woman in here said, amen, right? <laughs> well, we know who this person is, and I'm talking about Joseph, the stepdad to Jesus. So today I've titled this, Through the Eyes of Joseph. Hopefully you have that. Do you have that outline, Through the Eyes of Joseph? Hopefully you got the right one. Or is it Hanukkah? Did you get Hanukkah? I hope you didn't get... Okay. Um, I'm sorry if you did. There should be some outlines that just say, um, through the eyes of Joseph. Yeah. Raise your hand if you need one. I realized that when I grabbed one as well by mistake. Well, again, going on to Joseph, we don't know anything about him. But he saw things. He had a perspective that you and I have never had in life. And I want to take you to our sermon text found in the Gospel of Matthew, one of the few places you'll find him mentioned in Scripture. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Starting in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Let me stop there. This is important right here for you to understand. They were only engaged. They were not married. Many people seemingly think they were married already. They were only engaged. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, uh-oh. <laughs> because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid or do not fear to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus or Yeshua. In Greek, because he will save his people from their sins. In verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Now I pray, help us to open our ears, open our minds to receive what it is that you have for us today. Lord, speak to us, Holy Spirit, and God, may you uh, continue to increase uh, our, our closeness with you in this Christmas season. And we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. How many have, you, we've all read that story probably a hundred times, probably a thousand times maybe. And we've read it, but have you ever considered what was Joseph thinking? What was his perspective? Because we know our perspective because we know the end of the story. But what was he thinking? Think about that for a second. All the ramifications of He's only engaged. He's a righteous man according to the law. The Bible says he was a righteous man. So that meant he hadn't been fooling around with his wife. He'd been righteous. He'd been doing the right things. 
all of a sudden, he's engaged. His, his betrothed is, is pregnant. Like, what in the world is going on here? He must be thinking. So this is all the stuff that's going on in his mind through the eyes of Joseph. Now, what's important to note here is the genealogy of Joseph, or uh, excuse me, of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. It actually uh, talks about the genealogy. How many just love to read those, you know, and Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and on and on and on. You've got like 55 scriptures of who and what and where they came from. They can be horrendous scriptures sometimes to just get through to read. How many have read the Bible this year, through and through? Have you, have you been reading it? Look at that. Give yourselves a hand, because that's an accomplishment. I, I've almost finished reading it this year. I do it every single year, and we're going to do it again this coming year. I'll have handouts out there for you to follow along through the Bible. But in those genealogy scriptures, it begins with Father Abraham. I'm talking about the Gospel of Matthew, and it ultimately leads to Joseph. It's important to note that. Because Joseph, a carpenter by trade, was a direct descendant from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and King David. He was a direct descendant. But nothing is mentioned about Joseph. Here's the thing. This man that was going to raise up the Son of God, this man that was going to show this child how to be a man, nothing is mentioned about Joseph. In fact, Here's another important thing to note. The Gospel of Matthew was written to Jewish people who understood these signs of lineage. They knew that the Messiah would come, which is why it's so hard to understand why they didn't receive that at the time that Jesus came about. When Jesus came as the Messiah, they rejected him. And here we are, 2,000 years later, we see the truth in Scripture because we can see the whole picture. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the reason for the season. So these people that were, were aware of scriptures would have been aware that the prophecies concerning the Messiah should have been fulfilled in Jesus because he was the direct descendant through Joseph as well as through Mary. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. That's a prophecy. Jesse was the father of King David. And through King David and that lineage, Jesus the Messiah would come. It was predicting, prophesying the Messiah to come. So here what Matthew was offering was proof to his readers that, that, that Joseph, that his legal son, Jesus, fulfills the prophecy that was talked about in the Old Testament because he was a direct descendant of Jesse, of King David, of Abraham. And Jesse, being King David's father, is where, where that scripture was talking about. Understanding that lineage was crucial to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. But let's get back to Joseph. Joseph wasn't just an ordinary Joe. How many have known uh, a Joseph or a Joe? Called him, oh, you're just an ordinary Joe. Well, this Joseph was not an ordinary Joe. Let me prove my point. How many of you have a nativity scene at home right now? Raise your hand if you have a nativity scene. I guarantee you in each nativity scene, there's a Joseph there. There is. You cannot have a nativity scene without a Joseph. 
I mean, he's just as important as the baby in the manger. Joseph is always there. So he's an important character in this story of the nativity. But here's the, here's the, the truth. Joseph disappears from the Gospels so quickly before Jesus is baptized as an adult. In fact, the last mention of Joseph was when Jesus was 12 years old and they're all leaving in their party of people and they look around and say, where's Jesus? And they go back and find him in the synagogue preaching, teaching at the age of 12. How many recall that story? That's the last mention of Joseph. And then he's gone. Many scholars believe that it's because Joseph must have died an early death he was probably a few years older than Mary. We don't know their ages. We've always assumed, uh, biblical scholars have always assumed that Mary was a young teenager. That was the common practice to be young as a teenager to get married and that Joseph could have possibly been in his early 20s. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We just know that there's no more mention of Joseph, yet he's a crucial part of the birth of Jesus. Now, Joseph remains this key character in the birth of Jesus. Why? Because Joseph is faced with a, with a decision. He's faced with a decision which rests, which determines the fate, really, of baby Jesus. If you look through the eyes of Joseph, I don't know if you've ever seen it this way. All of us are faced with important decisions. How many are facing important decisions this week? Maybe not this week, maybe next week, maybe next year. Maybe you've got to sell a home, buy a car, uh, retire, things that you're contemplating. But some of those decisions will impact you for a year, a couple years. Some may impact you for a lifetime. That's why it's so important to seek wisdom, first from God Almighty. Then maybe if you need to ask somebody else, hey, do you think this is the right thing I need to do? It doesn't hurt to ask people that you trust. Amen? How many know that's what you do? And <clears throat> Joseph was no different. Joseph was faced with the most important decisions in his life at this time. And my prayer for you, just like Joseph, is that you seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. When you're making crucial decisions, when you're contemplating going to a university or whatever it is, pray about it. Pray about it. Make sure that you're consulting God if that's the will of God for your life. Amen. So let's go to the first point I have for you today. Number one, Joseph chose correctly. Everybody say that with me. Joseph chose correctly. So remember, uh, let's back up again. Joseph and Mary were not married. The custom back then was to be engaged. To, in fact, most of the time, it was, it was put together by parents. Parents put the couples together. That was typical of the Old Testament times. The, they knew that, well, that's a good family, and that's a good son, and he's single, and, and Miha, I think you should meet him, and you should go out with him and get together, and together, I think that's what you should do. And, and so they put them together, and they got engaged, right? How many are thankful we don't do things like that anymore, right? Yes. And so... Here, Joseph and Mary, who were not married, one day, Mary comes up to Joseph and says, Honey, and uh, she puts down the newspaper, and then uh, she says to Joseph, I'm pregnant. That's a tough situation. 
How many know that's an awkward situation? How many know she didn't know what Joseph was going to do? He's faced with choices now. And that's what I want to talk about. Through the eyes of Joseph, what was he looking at? What were the possibilities of what he could have done? Because he could have done A, B, or C. And I, I want to look at those right now. Because Joseph faces one of the most important decisions in the entire Bible. All because Mary is pregnant. What to do with Mary and her unborn child? Because for all he knew, that was the postman's baby. That, that, was, that was the milkman's baby. He didn't know whose baby that was. All of a sudden, she's just, I'm pregnant, honey. I'm pregnant. And uh, I mean, I don't know about you men, but I think most men would have just, whoop, gone, would have gone, right? Would have left, would have left the scene. But we're told that Joseph was a righteous man. Everybody say a righteous man. Which means in Jewish tradition that he was a faithful follower of God and the law at that time. And the law gave him options in those situations. So I want to walk you through those options. But the obvious thought to Joseph, as I said, was that Mary was pregnant because she was sleeping around with somebody. That was the obvious thought because he knew he was pure because he was a righteous man. That was a problem for Joseph. How many say he was in a pickle? He was in a dilemma. He had a, he had a problem. Now, he could follow. Let me walk you through those options now. He could follow what the Lord declared. This is what the law declared. That if a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. That was severe. How many, again, are thankful we're not living under the law? Right? The, the, the world, I mean, half of the people in this world would die. I'm just telling you right now. Half of the people in this world would be stoned to death. So the law also said one of Joseph's options was to have Mary stoned to death. So that was option one. And don't, don't get it wrong here. Joseph thought about that. I can guarantee you he thought about that. Secondly, the other option Joseph faced, according to the law, was divorce. Yes, they were only engaged, but no matter how much he loved Mary, it was his right, it was his religious right to end the relationship through a divorce because the engagement was a formal process. It was put together. You actually signed, a, it was like a contract between uh, the husband and the wife-to-be. And then, then thirdly, or actually, this is part of the, the same process of B, option B. The law stated that Joseph could expose Mary's sin through a public divorce, humiliating her in front of all her family and all of her friends. That was part of the law. Again, aren't you thankful we are not living under the law? And then the third option was this. Or he could divorce her quietly, keep it on the down low, okay? Because with only just a few witnesses knowing, doing everything he could to keep both his and Mary's reputation intact. Because shame was a big deal back then. You think it's bad now. I, well, I, actually, it probably isn't now. Uh, most people walk around and shame is not a thing nowadays. People are not ashamed of anything. But back then, it was a huge deal. Huge deal. And you can imagine that 
all of Joseph's friends, all his co-workers as a carpenter were telling him, Joe, what are you doing? She's pregnant, man. It's not even your baby. Leave her. All these people were trying to influence Joseph. He was contemplating all of this in his mind, all of this. Amen. He was a natural, he was a normal man just like each of you men here today. And he thought these things. He had to process these things in his mind. Joseph, who are you listening to? Who are you going to listen to today? And the same goes for each of you here today. Who are you listening to today? Who are you listening to in this season? Who are you allowing to influence you on some of the most important, maybe the most important decision you'll have to make in your life? Whose voices are you listening to today? Are you listening to the people around you? As, as the scriptures say, that will just tickle your ears, that will tell you what you want to hear. Or do you listen to that quiet, still, small voice that speaks wisdom, that speaks to your heart and tells you what the truth is, what you should do? Joseph was in a problem. Joseph was in a dilemma. But see, it's exactly when we're in those tough situations that God shows up. How, how many can believe that? How many believe that here today? God shows up. That's why I can say, but God, but God, but God. That's when he shows up. The Lord spoke to Joseph in a dream. How many wish that God would just speak to you in a dream and make it so crystal clear that you knew without a shadow of a doubt what you were supposed to do? All of us probably would wish that that could happen to us. Well, it happened to Joseph because I'm sure he was struggling with this. He must have been going back and forth. Do I divorce her? Do I have her stoned? I mean, these are things he was thinking. And I believe the Lord had to show up in a dream to give him the right answer because he was being thrown about in his emotions. That wasn't his child. That's all he knew. He was faithful. That's what he knew, and he was being tossed around. And so the Lord shows up in a dream and speaks to him. Any dreamers here today? Anybody where the Lord just speaks to you in a dream? That's important that you listen to those dreams. It's important. God may be talking to you. God may be giving you the answer that you need for your life. Amen? So the Lord shows up, and an angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife to take her son as his own and to give him the name Jesus, which means God saves us. The dream had to come to Joseph in order for him to act and do the right thing. He needed to do the right thing. I do believe he was asking God, help me to make the right choice. Help me to make the right decision. I, I know that because if he hadn't, he would have chose wrongly. He would have divorced her. He would have done something. And the scriptures don't say that. So this is what you need to do, people. You need, you need to ignore what people tell you. You need to ignore what people or what the law tells you. You need to ignore what all that garbage comes in and out of your mind and do what God tells you to do. Do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Amen? Now, Here's going back to the shaming aspect of it. Joseph knew that by obeying God, this would also lead to shaming. 
Here, think about this. Through the eyes of Joseph, you're now taking Mary on who's pregnant. And guess what? Just like in our modern day and age, there's the scuttlebutt. There's the gossipers. Oh, did you hear about, did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant. And that's not even Joseph's kid. I wonder what happened. Well, you know, I saw her talking to so-and-so. You know how it goes. And in those days, shaming was a huge thing. Huge thing. Shame was a powerful force. It ruined reputations. It destroyed people. Joseph had to think of what it would be like to remain with Mary and take on this child as his own. He had to, he had to strap up his boots and, 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 and just begin to take it on the chin and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this, but I need your help. I need you to guide me. Joseph chose correctly. Joseph chose correctly. That's point number one. He didn't listen to what others were saying. Some of you today are being faced with a decision that you need to make. Choose wisely. Choose correctly. Don't allow those around you to tell you what to do. Listen to what God wants for your life and choose correctly. Amen. Amen. He listened to the voice of God and stayed together with Mary to form a family. Let's go to point number two. Secondly, Joseph chose to name Jesus. Again, think about this. Joseph had a choice. He, I'm sure when he, when he accepted Mary as his wife, he could have said, well, I want him to be Joseph Jr. I've always wanted my firstborn to be Joseph Jr. Or I like the name Dante. I'm going to name him Dante. Dante Joseph, you know, um, whatever it might be. But no, he chose to name him Jesus. You see, to fulfill the plan of God, Joseph's belief was just as important as Mary's pregnancy. Because it was Joseph's decision, not Mary's decision, to name Jesus. The dream, the angel didn't appear to Mary to name him Jesus, appeared to Joseph to name him Jesus. Joseph could have said, nah, I don't like that name. I want to choose another name. But he didn't. Think about that for a moment. Joseph had a choice. Just like we all do in this life, we all have choices. We all make choices, good and bad. Hopefully more good so it outweighs the bad. Amen? And uh, when you do make a bad choice, Lord, forgive me. I have made a wrong choice. I have made an incorrect choice. I need your forgiveness. Joseph chose correctly. That child was to receive the name of Yeshua, meaning God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God saves. He chose correctly. And by choosing to name this child, by choosing to accept this child as his own, he was acknowledging this was his son as a stepdad, of course, as we know the story. He was exercising his right as the father, the father was the one that named the child. And he acknowledged that Jesus, again, was his legal son in this process. Joseph could not, could not have understood that Jesus was going to rise up and become the son of God. He could not have understood that. He, he may have read the prophecies, uh, understood the, the law, but he could not have understood, comprehended yet what was about to happen in the next 30 years even though he didn't apparently live to be around for most of that. 
Joseph did not have a clue. All he did was he walked by faith. Amen? And that's what the scripture tells you and I to do in 2 Corinthians verses 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by? For we walk by faith and not by? Amen. That's what faith is all about. It's trusting that God is giving you the wisdom to make the right choice. You and I most likely are not going to have a dream with an angel appearing to us and telling us, okay, you, you can retire now at your age and you're good. You're not going to have an angel appear to you most likely, but what you will have is wisdom given to you by Almighty God that will tell you when that time is right. Amen? And so we walk by faith, not by sight. And despite all the consequences, despite the chaos that was going around, Joseph and Mary, despite their unknown future, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He obeyed. He named the baby Jesus. Joseph walked by faith. Joseph was a righteous man, and he understood that he had absolutely nothing to do with what was created, this whole situation. He just knew that, God, you created this, this problem that I'm in, and you're going to fix it because I know you're in the middle of it. That's trusting God. Walking by faith, not by sight. Let me tell you, if you walk by sight, by what you see, oh my goodness, it's the bills, it's the mortgage, it's the ever-increasing PG&E bill that I got this month, and on and on and on. If that's all you're ever going to complain about, then you're doomed. You, you're doomed. You got to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? So Joseph understood that. This is what walking by faith is all about. You see, Joseph owned it. He became accountable. He said, doesn't matter that you're pregnant. I still don't understand how this happened, but I'm going to take you on as my wife. I'm going to take this child as my son. Can you, can you see that that is not only faith, but that's an extraordinary love right there? That's above and beyond love. Can I get an amen? And all the men said amen. Amen. Because that's not an easy choice to make. Joseph became accountable, and because of his obedience, Emmanuel, God with us, is born to Mary. And we know the rest of the story because of the choices Joseph made through the eyes of Joseph. Let's look at that. Through the eyes of Joseph, he chose wisely. He named Jesus because he chose that name that he was given. Here's, here's one of the things that I want to share as well before I close today. Sometimes Joseph's story can become our story. What do I mean by that? Again, we're faced with circumstances that are uh, beyond our control. Sometimes things happen in life that you don't know how and why and, and what to do. And, and you have to see God's wisdom. The, the older I've gotten, the more I understand I need God's wisdom because I don't know. I don't have the answers. You know, when you're young, as a young parent, your kids think you have all the answers. And it was only just a couple of years ago that my daughters realized dad doesn't have all the answers. I think it was like 15 years ago. 20 years ago. But we need wisdom, amen? All of us need wisdom to make the right choices. 
Circumstances put us in predicaments that we never thought we'd find ourselves in. There are people that are homeless today that never thought they'd be homeless. There are people that have lost homes that never thought they'd lose a home. There are people that have had things repossessed from them and they never thought they'd be in that position. But it doesn't matter what your position is. Are you going to now walk by faith and trust God? That's what the, I believe this lesson teaches us as we walk through the eyes and see life through the eyes of Joseph. And here's the other thing I want to remind you. The Bible's filled with this, with this, um, this motto, do not fear. Everybody say that with me. Do not fear. Say it li like you mean it. Do not fear. Amen. It's a common refrain found throughout the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Do not fear. It's usually when an angel shows up and he's going, do not fear. Well, yeah, we're all going to fear when this big angel shows up that we've never seen before. God always says, do not fear, because fear is not a God. Amen? Fear is not a God. Even Joseph needed to be reminded of this. That's why the angel said, do not fear. It may not be what you had planned, but God has a way to work out what you're going through. Amen? God has a way to get you beyond what you can't see by sight. When you put on faith, you will begin to trust him and see what is possible. Because we believe here in this church that with God, all things are possible. Amen. God promises, in addition, not only to see you through, but to walk with you through that trial. Walk with you through whatever it is you're going through. Walk with you through that cancer diagnosis. Walk with you through that health scare. Walk with you through retirement. Those first few years of retirement, I don't know why it keeps bringing that up. Maybe God's telling me to retire. But uh, here's the last question I have for you this afternoon. This afternoon, Do you realize each of you have the same access or the access to the same power that Joseph had? That not only Joseph had, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the great patriarchs of history, that power to trust God, to ask God for wisdom. Do you believe with me that Joseph asked for wisdom? I believe he did. He had choices to make. He, he was a man thinking, what happened here? And he consulted God, I believe that, saying, Lord, you've got to help me understand this situation because I don't understand it. And you need to guide my decisions. You need to guide the choices I'm going to make for my future. And each of you need to also come to that place in life to understand that you have that power to ask God for wisdom. Wisdom is something you need to ask every single day of your life. We, we, we've been without a furnace in our house since Wednesday. We haven't had a furnace, and it's the coldest part of the year. But how many are thankful for a fireplace? Because we are. I'm thankful for my cousin David that brought like two truckloads of wood to us about three months ago. And we got so much wood for this year, next year, and the following year. But I've been loading that fireplace up every single night since I got back from my trip this week. And they were all suffering. And it was cold in the house. And, and uh, we're supposed to get that fixed on Monday. So praise God. Amen. God can sustain us through that, through those, through those struggles. So who, here's, here's my last point to you this afternoon as we close. Who can take the trials in our life? the circumstances that you're facing and create something beautiful?
Who can take that? Exactly. The one who we celebrate this season. The one whose birth we recognize later this month. And that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Won't you stand with me as we close today? The one we celebrate this season offers to do those things for each of you today. To be present with each of you in your trials, whatever it is that you're going through. All we have to do is speak the name of Jesus and he shows up and he guides you and he lifts you up. He encourages you. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, it's such a privilege to come here today and know that you are our God, that you walk with us, that you talk with us, that, Lord, that you comfort us, that you lead and guide us. And I pray, Lord, that you would grant wisdom to every single person here today, from the youngest to the oldest. Lord, fill us with your wisdom. Guide us in every decision-making process this season. And, Lord, we, we pray that the culture does not help shape our minds, but, Lord, that we would shape culture, that we would be a light to this world in our workplace, at the laundromat, at Walmart, wherever we may go, Lord. Help us to be a light to those around us. I pray, Lord, for that homeless outreach next Saturday, Father, for those that are already uh, planning to be with us next Saturday at, at Carl's Jr. there in Vallejo on Sonoma Boulevard at 10 a.m., I'm praying, Father, that it would be a blessing to every single person in need out there. Lord, that as we distribute bags to coats to some clothes, Lord, that they would be blessed, and most importantly, that you would show up and remind each of them how much you love them. Father, we praise you at this time. We give you thanks, and we choose you, Jesus, because you are the reason for the season. Say that with me, Trisha Day. Jesus is the reason for the season. God, we thank you for this day. Now I pray, Lord, the blessing over each one today as we lift our hands to heaven, Lord, today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon each of you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. Receive that today. God bless you. Hopefully you'll be back next Sunday if you can. We're having our potluck Sunday, uh, a banquet Sunday. If you can bring a dish to share, we're going to have prizes. We're going to have raffle off some things away next week so you don't want to miss it. That's next Sunday right after church. We're going to have a good dinner here. God bless you all. Amen. <laughs>